make every night legendary. Legendary, I know, I know it's legendary. Legendary Stay Ops Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm here with Jordan. What's going on, brother? How you doing? How you doing? Not much, but a lot, all at once. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I'm 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 kind of in the same boat, man. I ain't been feeling too good, man. You know. Life's been getting me down, bro. I'm thinking about joining the UBN network. Oh, people don't who you know, people who know will catch it. You thinking uh, about joining UBN? Okay. Blackness. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just gotta, I just, I just gotta let you know one thing, though. Do you, do you know what today is? No. Come on. Say it. Do you know what today is? No, I don't. Tell me what today is. It's Stay Us Thursday! Shout out to my boy LeBron. Are you uh, done? Yes. No, 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 I'm not actually. It's Theos Thursday. Utter foolishness. Okay, okay, I'm done. Sorry, for everybody out there that was just like, what in the world is going on? I had to do that for the one time because Chris cannot stand that Taco Tuesday stuff by LeBron. I myself am kind of done with it too, but it's kind of funny. It grew on me. He's hilarious. He's anything but. (laughs) <laughs> and Jordan has decided to coon the coonery. <laughs> hey man, got to keep up to date with the with the latest and greatest, man. Taco Tuesdays. By the way, you Taco already know Tuesdays. I'm a Mexican. I'm a I'm part Mexican anyway, man. I got to give a shout out to the tacos. Taco Tuesday has existed well before LeBron, and I got a little something <laughs> for you for the Grub Report too. 
since uh, you got oh, that Mexican yeah. vibes. That's what I'm talking about, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Looking forward to that. But let's jump right in. We got something to talk That's about. Good. It's Andrew Luck versus Idiots. <laughs> Andrew Luck, one idiot, zero. Yeah. So star quarterback and probably future face of the league, Andrew Luck, abruptly retired at the age of 29. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why do you say? Well, Andrew Luck was in the middle of his second major rehab in three years. And it got to the point where he was rehabbing so much that he actually lost patience mm-hmm. with the whole trial, the whole the whole ordeal, the drudgery of coming back from rehab. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, Jordan, people don't understand. Some people. Uh, I did notice that he got quite a bit of support. But uh, some people don't understand that, you know, they, they had this whole tough guy persona. Well, he wasn't really that hurt or he didn't have this much going on. Um, people are asking for their season tickets back. What say you, Jordan? Well, look, a lot of these idiots or so-called people that have a problem with Andrew Luck reside where Andrew Luck was playing in Indiana. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about this. You know what? No, I take that back. I lie. I have a lot to say about this. I was going to shorten it, but I'm going to just let it out. There's, there's, I understand there's a, a fine line between being a fan and wanting to see your favorite player, a superstar, because that is exactly what Andrew Luck was. You know, when Peyton Manning was done and down and out of uh, Indiana, Andrew Luck was the uh, was the man to step in and take over the mantle and be the next great quarterback, which, you know, he had a great, great seven year, I believe, career. I believe he was in the, in the, in the NFL for seven years and never until now, never have they given him an, an offensive line. Andrew Luck had to scramble for his life and still made the best of his situation, but constantly was hurt, constantly was injured, had to get surgery. Like you said, the over and over, the, the constant having to go through rehab and knowing from year to year you have to repair something or get something fixed. Like, it's, it's exhausting. Mentally, these guys go through a lot. You know, let alone physically. So you pair all that, all of that up, man. Andrew Luck made the right decision, and for everybody who booed him as he was walking out of the stadium, that's just idiotic. You know, I, 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 I kind of understand in the moment you're probably a fanatic and just saying, oh, you know, why, why you got to leave? You know, you, you're, you're, they're there to entertain you. But these people are humans. Andrew Luck is a is a human being. Andrew Luck is someone who has to live with the consequences of his life, of his career. These football players deal with a lot. And uh, we're going to talk about another player very soon. But it's just, it's it's kind of, it's very frustrating to, to, to see certain people react the way they do. And, uh, you know, like I said, some of it might be in the moment after people kind of calm down and realize this is the best decision for him 
him and, you know, for his body, for his mind. Uh, he has nobody to answer to. I think he made a great decision. You know, a lot of people have retired early. So props to Andrew Luck. Get healthy, get well. If you choose to come back after you get healthy, that's a possibility too. But until then, hey, if you choose to stay retired, you got no qualms coming from me. I, I nothing but agree with you, Jordan. It's this man's prerogative. He just got married. I believe he's either due to have a kid or just had a kid. You know, this this man wants a certain level of quality in his life. And I've said it thousands of times, man. In the course of a football game, there are hundreds of car accidents. Literally, scientifically proven that one football play is equivalent to a car accident. Right? So football players are are in dozens of car accidents. And if you play behind the Colts' offensive line, that increases. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it took them years to get a halfway decent offensive line. He finally got Quentin Nelson, but, I mean, Quentin Nelson's only one man, even though he's he's a manster, but he's only one man. It took his toll on him. So if you're going to boo somebody, Boo the Indianapolis Colts for not getting that man protection, for having a franchise quarterback that you never protected. The other thing, if you, for those who booed Andrew Luck as he walked off the field and those who uh, want their season tickets back, please understand that you take a calculated risk anytime you buy a ticket. Whenever you buy a ticket, you take a calculated risk. Because you buy tickets for the Colts. You're not buying tickets for Andrew Luck. You bought tickets for the Colts. Exactly. So it's it's up to the Colts if they want to refund you, honestly. Because it wasn't like you didn't it wasn't like you didn't know Andrew Luck was hurting. You didn't see him all preseason. Why were you buying tickets? Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. On top of that, Zach Kiefer, he's a writer for the Indianapolis Colts, one of their beat writers. Basically, through his six NFL seasons, this is what's happened to Andrew Luck. He's torn cartilage and two ribs. He's had a partially torn abdomen. He lacerated a kidney that left him urinating blood. He's had at least one proven concussion, and we know he's probably had more due to the just the very nature. Way more. He's torn the labrum in his throwing shoulder that kept him out for over a year. And then this calf slash ankle injury, which has him rehabbing again and not sure when he would have returned this year. And then what would have happened? The Colts fans rushing him back. Jordan, we've seen this in the Chicagoland area. You you took the the words right out of my mouth of the star player who gets rushed back because everybody's leaning on him. Everybody, everybody's depending on him. You don't think that pressure mounts, that pressure mounts on Andrew Luck as well? Knowing he's the guy and every minute, every quarter he misses, every game he misses, every snap he misses, the question is going to be, when is he coming back? Lord yeah. forbid Jacoby Brissett doesn't win games while Luck is rehabbing. 
Now, when Andrew Luck retires, he's doing you a favor, Colts fans. He's doing his team a favor. Because now the Colts have enough time to reevaluate their situation. It's before final cuts. They can go out, get some veteran help if need be. Get Jacoby Brissett up to speed so that he can take on the reins. You still have a very good football team, Indianapolis Colts fans. Very good football team. And this is not to minimize in any way Andrew Luck's abilities because he is a world-class quarterback. He was he had a future for for at least another eight or nine years in the NFL of top-notch quarterback play. But he didn't want to have to deal with rehab after rehab after rehab after rehab. It's completely understandable. But yeah. it's the same way it was completely understandable when number one didn't want to go to rehab after rehab after rehab. People don't understand. Injuries are frustrating, especially when you're... It's a difference between us. Even us in our most physical jobs, right? And some of us have extreme physical jobs. I mean, you have some people who have these, these jobs where it's comparable to sports as far as the toll on the human body. But even the most physical of jobs don't take the toll on the human body as athletics, especially basketball, football. Basketball, you're running on a court, jumping up and down, putting weight on your knees, high impact, constantly. Constantly. 40 times a night. That's aside from your practices, from your, from your promotions in the summer, when, you, when most players were resting, Nowadays, you have guys who playing all summer, going overseas to do promotions, having to play games out there for their sneaker companies. And then you talk about football. Again, all those collisions, you see the results of several grown men. And we, I mean, we've laughed about this, but I mean, it's, it's a real deal. Men in their 50s and 60s who were who are optimal athletes who can't hold a spoon anymore, who can't remember their families, who know it's, it's like, you know how you have an itch and it's almost like it's under your skin and you can't get to it. You can't get to it. I can't stand that. I cannot stand that. But these guys, after all these years of, of these collisions and his head trauma, that's literally what they feel in their head. It's like something's going yeah. on. It's like an itch in their brain. And they can't get to it. And it and it bugs them to no end. And it's not to minimize it. I know the way I'm describing it is minimizing it, but it's 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 similar in, in nature. So if this man is going through all of this on top of the fact that his body is killing him right now. And who knows the status of his current rehab? He could be trying to rehab right now and it's just not making any progress. Yeah, yeah. My, my, I, I, I agree with everything you basically just said, man. My, uh, you took some of the words right out of my mouth because I was going to compare it to Derrick Rose as well. But just from this this angle, from a different angle, in in a sense that the fans are very, very fickle. You can't win for anything. You know, it's it's a lose lose situation when it comes to pleasing everybody, uh, and that's why athletes, at the end of the day, you do what you need to do. Make your decision what's best for your life. 
when it comes to Andrew Luck and and Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose went through surgery after surgery after surgery, came back and played. He could have easily gave up and re- retired after the second tear or the, the, the meniscus or whatever it was that he got after that. Like He could have quit so many times, and there were times where he actually contemplated basketball when he went to New York and left for a while. Nobody knew where he was. So here's what I want every fan, if you're listening to do, and you alluded to it. If, if you go to your job and you get injured on your job and it's a very, it, it's a major injury. Try going through rehab. Maybe, maybe the doctor says it's about six, six months to do rehab Try going through rehab. Okay, now you recover. Now you go back to work. Now you injure the same exact body part. Let's just say mentally you're getting a little tired, like, oh, my goodness, I already went through this. And now you're thinking about how long it's going to take you again to recover because you already went through it the first time. Do you want to do that? Say it, fan. Do you want to go through that process? Well, if you like your job, maybe that'll push you. But let's just say for an average human an average fan you don't want to do that because it's exhausting it's tiring it's mentally just draining so you say you know whatever i quit i'm just going to live with this injury again put yourself in andrew luck's shoes it's been four straight years he hasn't had an off season with just normal training preparing for the season there has to be something that has to be fixed it is it 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 drains it's just it's debilitating so you can't do anything but just understand why he did what he did. And with Derrick Rose's issue, he went through all, all of that. And he's still playing to this day. And yet there are still people who hate him because now they talk about, well, he's not going to be the same. You just cannot please fans. So the athlete just has to do what they have to do for themselves. You you have to look out for yourself. I mean... That's above all. Yeah, you're in the entertainment business. You're there for your team. You're under contract. But as we saw from the Indianapolis Colts, they could have withdrawn that money from Andrew Love. They chose to pay him. That was good. That was good. Because he put his body out there for them. It's their fault he's retiring. Yeah. And you waited too long to address the needs. And it's not just the quarterback position. There's a very, very popular NFL player or former NFL player who decided to speak out on the effects football's had on his body and retired at a young age. Yeah. Now, this is one of the, the, the toughest horses, so to speak, that you'll ever meet. But he decided to call it quits. Rob Gronkowski. And what did you hear about the toll that he had on his body, Jordan? So there was an interview recently where Gronk pretty much spoke out. Actually, if you, if I don't know if many people chime into uh, six seventy the score here in Chicago, but uh, they played it back just a little bit of his interview and how he broke down. Even after they won the Super Bowl, you know, you would expect Gronk to be this big party guy, you know, party animal, just footballs in his blood, right? So basically, I, I'm trying to remember what I read, it said that overall he had to have a liter of liquid pumped out of him. I believe a liter of blood pumped out of his legs because they were so swollen. 
And then when he tried to go to sleep the night after the Super Bowl or the night of the Super Bowl, he could only go to sleep for 20 minutes because he kept having to just stay up. There was so much pain and he cried himself to sleep, but it's still he still didn't get enough sleep. And then he, he said that there were times where he would feel his head and it would feel like there was this liquid build up inside of his head where he could poke and create dents on his head. So you, you, you just think about that. Think about all of that that's tolling on them. Like you said, man, these guys go through car accidents. These are things that people, you know, half dead. You, you talk about a car accident. If you put it in that context, would you, the average fan, want to go through a constant car accident and then get, get repaired and say, you know what, I'm ready for another car accident? No, you're not looking forward to that. So after all the glitz and glamour are gone, yes, he's one of the best tight ends. People are saying best tight end to ever do it, actually. Still, the man has enough sense to say, hey, you know what, I am done. I don't want to do this anymore. And now he's reaching out and letting people know uh, about this new uh, product. It's a legal product that kind of helps or, or aids in, in the, 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 the assisting of uh, uh, pain, uh, like numbing pain or, or just getting rid of pain or recovery i should say uh, i can't remember i think it's called cbd but yeah he's he's promoting that because he sees the effects of the game on him you know and you can see it in a lot of people but when you have somebody that's that's that monumental like a rob gronkowski speak out and talk about what he went through and what he's going through you gotta listen and and i think the nfl has to continue to do some more things to make sure they look out for their players we saw just the way Gronk played. You know, it's it's he played just differently. He he invited yeah. contact. He was a magnet for it. And and you know that style of play lends itself to some of the things that eventually happen. You hope no one goes through that physically. That just sounds that just sounds terrible, like a terrible existence. But you know, I'm also I'm also of the mindset though that if you play professional football with all the information we have available to us in this day and age, that it is a calculated risk yeah. when you play football. So you know what you're getting into more times than not. But at the same time, it's just when you play quarterback, you expect to be protected to a good extent. You know, yeah, you expect to be protected to a good extent. And they do not protect Andrew Luck. But, you know, like we said, it's a calculated risk. We do love to see football. You know, it's still an yeah, enjoyable sport. It's still an enjoyable sport. And that's why we look forward to the kickoff of the NFL season. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to do like all the pundits on the internet and and podcasts and break down every game. Nothing against them. If they do it, that's their thing. We just don't have the time for that. Yeah, we'll simplify but, it. Simplify it. Who do you see having a uh, a career year in the NFL this year, though? Career year? I got a couple people for you. So there's one guy who I think is going to emerge as a comeback player that name that guy is david johnson i think people kind of forgot about him a little bit because he he went down i believe with a toe injury something with the foot 
uh, I believe. So he's back from that. He's recovered. David Johnson is a all-purpose beast. I think David Johnson's going to have a really good year, especially with the new quarterback in there with Kyler Murray. Kind of a question mark with that offense led by Cliff Kingsbury. I believe that's his name. Uh, so kind of don't know how they're going to go about, you know, running out offense but you can't deny the talent of a david johnson if he stay stays healthy i think he's going to be right back up there with the elites and then my other uh breakout player or a player who's going to have a a elite year uh i'm gonna go with saquon barkley saquon which is not really like a he's a hidden gem or anything you know most people say he's going to be the first pick overall in fantasy football uh but I think he's going to have an even more, uh, a, a greater impact on the Giants because you got Odell, who's now in Cleveland. So that team is 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 even more so built around Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's another one of those bell cow workhorse backs who just does everything. He can make you miss. He can run through you. He can break away from you. He can catch the ball. He can block. He does everything. So uh, I'm looking forward to Saquon doing his thing this year. Okay. Okay. I like those selections. For me, I'm actually keeping local. One person I see having a really good breakout year this year is Allen Robinson. He's one more year removed from the ACL. Uh, He's in a system that he now is at home in. He understands it. He knows it. And when I went in the camp, man, like I told you last episode, this guy was getting open, it seems like, at every opportunity. So if he's getting separation open, you know, look out. If if you remember that game against the Eagles, uh, once he yeah. once the offense kind of got warmed up, he went nuts. So I think that that trend continues in through this season in that uh, Bears offense. I see Allen Robinson doing some big things. Uh, somebody else that I see uh, maybe stepping it up a bit. A lot of people, and and I I hate to do this, but let's be fair about it. A lot of people Uh see Devontae Adams going crazy this year. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I, I did notice that. (laughs) Because of the improved trust that they have uh, between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they see him going crazy. And I do see him having a breakout year. Uh, in Green Bay, simply because they say there's more targets up there. I kind of see the same guys, just in a different offense. And also, you know, after after Aaron Rodgers got his coach fired and uh, just got a random guy to come in and call the players that he wants, Aaron Rodgers going to be throwing a lot more. The game's going to be a lot more in his hands, so look for Devontae Adams to step up. So you got two NFC North receivers who are going to have some banner years. In my opinion. Just as long as Devontae Adams doesn't have a, a, a breakout game in week one. That's all I got to say. He can go all the breaking out he wants as long as Mr. Mack is sitting on Aaron Rodgers' neck. <laughs> there we go. Get a couple back sacks again. For sure. Now, who do you have taking it all early on? Oh, come on, 
man. And 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 it it I don't care if it sounds biased, but I mean you got to know that I'm going to go with, with the hometown team, Chicago Bears, man. Super Bowl, Super Bowl or bust. I mean this, this is exactly what they what they they're they're getting ready for. I mean this is what every team is striving for every year. Either you playing to win or you playing what are you playing for basically. But this team has actually been constructed to be a Super Bowl contender. And that's what a lot of people are saying as far as the odds. A lot of people are saying Mitch Trubisky's going to break out this year. A lot of people are really high on the Bears, getting a lot of love all over the place. So I'm going to go with the Bears. And I think a lot of people will agree with us. Who do you have them beaten out of the AFC? AFC? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Could be. Well, it could be the Patriots. I've never underestimated the Patriots. For as long as Tom Brady lives and breathes, I, I don't want to underestimate them, especially if Josh Gordon stays healthy and plays a whole year without getting in trouble or getting hurt. And Sonny Michelle, James White, Edelman, I think that those guys will actually have a, have a good challenge against them. Not happening. There is weed in the New England area, so. Uh, well, it's only going to be clean for a few weeks. Huh? Okay. Yeah, there, there is weed and liquor in the Northeast. <laughs> Silly. And Robert Kraft, and Robert Kraft hangs out with rappers. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and go and go goes to Oriental. "Quote unquote massage parlors." Yeah, oh, parlors, yeah, yeah. he probably has himself a, a little uh, hot box himself. Yeah. Well, look, whoever whoever comes out of the AFC, I don't care who it is. The Bears are taking it all. Okay, that defense is nothing to play with, and if the offense just so happens to come on to the same level, oh, <laughs> come on. You can forget about it. I have Bears over the Chiefs. That'll be nice. Yeah. Entertaining. Um, Bears over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is there a surprise team you see coming? Surprise team? Of, I got Baltimore. Sides. Yeah, okay. I, I, I like Baltimore. I like the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to be even more lethal, uh, especially with some some better running back talent. They got Mark Ingram out there now. They got the the rookie Justice Hill, who I'm high on. Uh, he has been killing it preseason a lot. If you look at his highlights, they got some talent over there, uh, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to take a, a little bit of a step forward in his uh in his development. I think uh, the way he runs, the way he you know. I heard that his accuracy has gotten better, or at least that he worked over, worked on it uh, during the uh, offseason. So we'll see if that actually plays a, a, a bigger part in in his overall game. But yeah, I got the Ravens. The Ravens have always been good on defense in some form or fashion. So I think that team overall would be a, a like a a sneaky pick. Very, very sneaky. Very sneaky. Yes. Who do you have coming out of the NFC as a surprise? Maybe not even making the playoffs, but just they're going to shock some people. 
The Chargers wouldn't really be a shock, would it? Nor would they be in the NFC. Wait, say that again? Nor are they in the NFC. Oh, I thought you said AFC. Okay. No, NFC. Uh, you, picked the, you picked the Ravens, so now we're going to NFC. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said AFC. All right. Well, I'm going to stay in this division, in this uh, in the NFC North. Uh I think Minnesota, because of their down year, I think they could come in as a wild card. Of course, I got Chicago, you know, winning the division. But uh, I think that Minnesota could be that second team coming out of our division. I think that they're probably going to get back to how they were the year before last. Very, very stifling defense. Daniil Hunter, I think Everson Griffin, after he got past his little issues, I think he could come back strong. Of course, you can't underestimate Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Uh, I forgot the tight end's name, but they got a they got a, a slew of talent, man. Just got to make sure Kirk Cousins actually plays well in the in the moments that count. His stats always show that he's a very good quarterback, but when you need him to actually be on his game, that's when he kind of kind of falls off. He doesn't know how to shine in the in the big moments, so. If he can get past that little blip, then I think that they'll they'll be a very good out. They'll be a very tough out, I should say. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, Dalvin Cook, they got some weapons. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got coming out of the NFC as a team that's going to shock some people: the New York Football Giants. Okay. Uh, they have a, the dynamic talent of Saquon Barkley. I think Shepard is a little better than people believe. I think this is the year that Eli Manning gets benched for good. And I think the kid Daniel Jones is going to come in like week three or four. And he's going to infuse some excitement into that team. He's looked good in preseason. Uh, he may not quite be ready for prime time, but he gets a couple game games under his belt. No pressure. He's out there just chucking the ball around, no expectations. And I think the Giants could come out of nowhere, beat some good teams, and maybe in the NFC East, shimmy into a wild card spot. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. That's a that's a good pick. That's a real good pick. Saquon is definitely a supreme talent, man. When you got one of those on your team, sky's the limit. So we'll see. In the AFC, I, I tend to side with you with Baltimore, but I got another one. There is a team who will continue winning, even though their fans, well, I'm not going to blame them all, even though a section of their fans don't deserve it. I think Jacoby Brissett, Brissett is going to come out, and he's going to play serviceably enough to get them into the playoffs. I can see that. They have a solid defense still out there in Indianapolis. Uh, he's got experience in some big games. He played for Belichick uh, when Brady was suspended. Uh, he's he played for Indianapolis a little bit uh, over the past couple of years. He's got some experience, some in-game experience. His game is growing. He's still young. He can get some things done, make some things happen. They have good running backs in, uh, in Hines and uh, what's the other guy? Um, 35. Uh, I forget his name, 
but they got a, 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 a duo of backs that are mm-hmm. that are pretty solid. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Um, they got T.Y. Hilton out there, who's a, a touchdown machine. So they'll 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 eat. They'll eat in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. I I, I could see that. Yeah, because they were already talked about with Andrew Luck as one of the Super Bowl contenders. So people think that that's going to be a major drop off. And I mean, if you if you're speaking on quarterbacks, then yeah, that is a drop off. But overall, the team still might be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So they'll they'll sneak in. Now, now that we're talking about some key players and how they're going to carry their teams to some success. Let's slide into talking about how some key players may carry us into some success. Let's get into a little bit of a fantasy draft, fantasy football preview here on the Stay Out Podcast. I am going to do my best. I have drafts all weekend, and I will do my best to put this podcast out after editing it after my draft so that no one knows what I'm going to do. (laughs) Very, very smart. Very smart. (laughs) So who who do you have as maybe somebody that's going to come out of nowhere and make an impact in fantasy football? Well, one person I got, a receiver. So I don't know if you want to go by position, but I would say my, my, my biggest sleeper, uh, if all things go right for this team, would be uh, the wide receiver in Tampa Bay uh, opposite Mike Evans. His name is Chris Godwin. Uh, there's been uh, a high ceiling on this guy for a while, uh, for a couple of years. He's, people have been singing his praises and saying that, you know, he could break out, especially with the type of elite receiver that Mike Evans is. Of course, you're going to pay attention to him. So somebody else has got to eat when those touches don't go to him. So Chris, Chris Godwin is a very, very good up and coming receiver. If Jameis Winston stays healthy, uh, I could see Chris. This guy when doing his thing this year, maybe break out, get maybe a thousand yards. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. You read my mind. I love Chris Godwin this year. Chris Godwin's going to play in that slot position where Larry Chris Gerald played quite often when Bruce Arians had Arizona being successful. So he's going to get all those Larry Fitzgerald looks, all those oh, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald targets. So I look, I look for that, and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans is still going to have a solid season. Chris Godwin, so he's going to break out. Jameis, as a result, is going to have a pretty good season. But he's still going to throw the ball away, but because he throws the ball away so much, they're going to be behind so many times that he's just going to have to be a mad chucker this year. So if you're in a league <laughs> where you're getting rewarded for your yardage. And the penalty on interceptions isn't that great. You know, Jameis Winston might not be a bad move. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. Also, uh, one person in particular who I am targeting that I think may have a breakout season is Phillip Rivers. And when I say a breakout, Philip Rivers always puts up good numbers, but he's going to do a little better, maybe get a few more touchdowns uh, because there's still no Melvin Gordon, right? 
Yeah, not not as of now. Yeah. So no Melvin Gordon means you might see him chuck it a little more. I don't trust Austin Eckler to run the ball that often and that effectively. So they're gonna have to turn yeah, to the rivers. They're gonna have to turn the rivers, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good that, that's a good pickup. Uh, that's a good uh, choice, rather. Uh, and you got Keenan Allen, but uh, low key, Mike Williams is making a name for himself too. Uh, he's a, a prototypical one uh, A type receiver. You know, has the height, has the 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 the, the stats. You know, the stature and everything. So this could be a real good year for him. And uh, that'll give Philip Rivers just another target. Uh, you know, if Keenan Allen stays healthy, he usually always goes down some in some form of fashion. But, but uh, yeah, that 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 team, they, they, he might he might do some things this year. And let's not forget Damian Williams, who's the current lead back in Kansas City. I uh, yeah got some high high hopes for that fella as well. Yeah, Damian Williams. It seems like Kansas City always has good running back. Like it, it just seems like no matter who they put in the backfield, if they even have a little bit of talent, that they they succeed. Yeah. You know, I can't think of a running back who didn't necessarily succeed when they were the 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 main back. You know, all the way back to Priest Holmes, then Larry Johnson. You know, it's just a never ending like carousel of backs. You just Put him on KC, and Andy Reid knows what to do with him. Also, wide receiver. Look for Tyler Boyd to step up. A.J. Green's going to be down and out uh, for a few weeks. And Andy Dalton has no one else to throw to. Now, see, I have have a question mark on that one. I'm with you, but then at the same time, I'm I'm not. I've, I've, for the longest been a fan of Andy Dalton, the Red Baron, but that time has passed. Like, maybe four years ago, he used to always be the second quarterback I would look to get in fantasy football as my backup. I think the last time I won, it was Big Ben, and then Andy Dalton was my backup. The year before that, it was somebody else, and Andy Dalton is my backup, because I like his game. I like his potential to break out, but it always seems like he doesn't get me over the hump. So, I agree with you that Tyler Boyd obviously is going to get the receptions. You know, there's nobody else that really is going to challenge him for that until AJ gets back. But uh, that's that 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 hinges upon if Andy Dalton is actually going to be good. So I guess we'll see. So Ezekiel Elliott is still out. I thought he went into camp. I heard he went into camp. Uh, that was the latest that I heard. I'm not sure if he's still trying to hold out. I know he he was promised maybe getting the most money as a, a sec, the second highest paid running back. So I don't know if that that's those talks have stalled or not. But I did hear that he reported it to camp, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh, some flops that I think are going to take place. Also, look out for Christian Kirk in Arizona. But some flops that I think thank are going to take place. Thank you. What? No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think we have the same fantasy mind because those two people I mentioned, Chris Godwin and Christian Kirk, I, I have high, high on my list of sleepers who I'm looking to get 
if the round is right and I pick right because uh, due to how my league is set up, how the league I'm in is set up, I don't have picks in every round because I traded some away last year. So the second, I want to say the second, fourth, and fifth round, I'm sitting out. And that's going to be kind of big for me to know who to get in the first and third round. And then hopefully those sleeper receivers are are, are still there when I pick because I'm high on those two. So, yeah, I'm with you on Christian Kirk. Definitely. Also, um, Marlon Mack, I think he's going to have a nice year too. Yeah. Um, look for Alshon Jeffrey to crash and burn this year. When I say crash and burn, just on a fantasy level. Um, D.D. Westbrook is not going to have a good year. I don't think Nick Foles Foles is is now going to be the guy. So you're going to see what it looks like when you have an offense designed around Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook, who's going to be his number one option on the outside. Uh, He will suffer quite a bit from having an average quarterback. Yeah, I don't see Westbrook doing anything like everybody says he might. I don't see that either. I do see, I do see a comeback player in Leonard Fournette. From what I heard, Leonard Fournette has shedded twenty pounds. He went on this rocky workout. He's shut out all of the negative company or negative people in his life, and he says he he's been humbled by what it feels like to lose. So I'm looking for Leonard Fournette to actually have a more of a breakout year than he's had. He always has had the talent highly touted out of college, out of LSU. So I'm looking for him to get back on the horse. Good. Do not, I repeat, do not draft any running backs that play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you can keep your Peyton Barber. Yeah, I'm good with Peyton. Good with Peyton Barber. I would say don't draft anybody on San Francisco, too, because that's another running back by committee. However, I am a little intrigued by Tevin Coleman. So for all you out there that are listening and trying to debate on whether or not maybe you want to get a running back in the later rounds who might be good, Tevin Coleman has the talent. You remember he was the best, uh, what do you call that, handcuff running back behind Devontae Freeman in Atlanta, uh, one of my favorites when I got Adam a couple years back because uh, he filled in nicely for Devontae when he went down. But you got some you got some people back there in uh, in uh, in uh, San Francisco. You got Matt Breida. I can't remember the other guy's name, but that might be a running back by committee. So he might not be a, a workhorse. Ah, Breida. I still like Breida too, even though Tevin Coleman is extremely intriguing, as you pointed out. Uh, in his role yeah. out there. Even though Damian Williams is a plus running back to have, keep your eyes on any and every running back that comes out of the Kansas City Chiefs system. Any <laughs> and every running back. Also, keep your eyes on McCole Hardiman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardiman. I spoke of a running back at our in our last podcast that uh, or a receiver, maybe all-purpose back 
he took that ball on the end around and everybody else was moving in quicksand and he was uh, casually burning everyone down the field. That was McCole Hardeman. He's the new Chris Conley. And we all remember yes, that Pat Mahomes made Chris Conley a, a ton of money last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, any, it's insane. It's like the man doesn't have enough toys to play with already. And you thought uh, Tariq Hill might have been out of there. You thought his main toy, one of his main toys might have been out of there. But this man got him back and, and now has even more toys, more speedy, speedy toys to play with. So, yeah, that thing's going to be fun over there in Kansas City. Yep. Also, uh, keep your eye on, and just talking units, keep your eye on any running back in Seattle. Yeah, they're a run-heavy team. Uh, you like you like how it's set up for Tyler Lockett to probably possibly be a, a, a better fantasy uh, pick. Uh, a lot of people have him higher on the list than he has been in past years because uh, Doug Baldwin retired. But that team is still going to rely on the run uh, often and heavy. Uh, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, a couple of those cats over there. So look out for them. Uh, I personally, I don't like the RBC running back by committee thing. I, I'm, it's too iffy. But uh, uh, Seattle's still a nice pick. If you want to get a running back, they, they do pretty well over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do have one more one more back. He's not a sleeper, and I'm only mentioning him because I actually have him as my keeper, so I'm not worried about him being taken in my league. And uh, James Conner, running back for the Steelers. Uh, when I talk about running backs that you might want to get, that you know, like just completely know that they're going to be the guy for their team, He's one of them. Of course, you got Kamara and Barkley and McCaffrey and uh, David Johnson and a few other cats. But James Conner, I think, is going to uh, do an even better job of, you know, setting himself up to be a running back one. Uh, He had a great offseason, worked out hard. I said he came into camp stronger. Of course, Antonio Brown's not there anymore. You got Juju as the top guy. But I think that uh, I think that with that offense, the Steelers always play a very good offense. So uh, with Big Ben, you can always rely on him to do what he has to do to get the ball to his running back. Very good uh, pass catching running back as well. So look out for James Conner. I agree. I agree. Uh, one other guy that I'm looking at, I want to look at Hunter Henry, but he's never healthy. Never. I've drafted yeah. him a couple times. He's always hurt. Um, but what do you think about Josh Allen? See, I think Buffalo is in an interesting position. Josh Allen has talent. He's a very athletic quarterback. Buffalo's going to be playing from behind. And so Josh Allen gets to flash that dual threat ability. Actually, Josh See, Allen helped me win a couple games last year. Yeah, I like Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen, like you said, has all the tools to be very good. He's he's a modern day quarterback. He can run. He has a very very good arm and cannon. Uh, but the talent there 
as far as receiving core. I don't really know, you know, who he, he could possibly be throwing to that will be consistent with him. But, but uh, I mean, they still do have an old and aging LaShawn McCoy, if that excites you. But, nah. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. He, I mean, he has the talent. He just has to see what kind of talent's around him to succeed. And you got the two uh, Iowa tight ends who are sleepers, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant. Um, I'm looking I'm looking to make a move on Hawkinson, and maybe uh, he'll do something for me in Detroit. They want him to All be right. Gronk. <laughs> yeah, don't tell that to Shaheen. I was going to say, yeah, the Bears want Shaheen to be Gronk, too. <laughs> Yes, that didn't that didn't go so well. That's that that no worky good. <laughs> that, that, that no worky good at all. <laughs> that mm-hmm. no worky good. And no worky Speaking good. of tight ends, I just want to send some shout out, some love to uh, uh and maybe this is bad because I didn't forgot the man's name, but it's a tight end that's playing today in the meaningless game of the Bears versus uh, the uh, Titans, and he is killing. Uh, he is the tight end out of Princeton, and uh, he has been doing work. So I hope that he actually gets a spot on the roster. Uh, from the looks of it, just the eye test, he looks like he can hold his own. He actually has some speed. He has, as you say, a little wiggle. Has a little wiggle. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe might be a sleeper to get on the team, and uh, I don't know, replace Shaheen if Shaheen don't get his act right. Is that Horstead? Horstead, thank you. Horstead, yes, Horstead. Okay. He is, uh, he is putting in work. He looks like a, he looks like a, a player. He looks like a player. So you never know. Looks like a guy. Yep. Looks like a guy. So that'll that'll wrap up our football talk. We gave you some uh, nice insights on the NFL season coming up. Looking forward to season opener. The Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers. Get your rivalry wear ready for the battle in Soldier Field. Next Thursday, Sunday, well, Thursday night football. Kicking it off, NBC. I'm, I'm frothing at the mouth. I'm frothing. Yeah, I, I, I told, told you before we were talking about preseason. Like, it, I, I don't need this tease anymore. Like, I need, I need to get, I need to dive head first into regular season football. I, I need it in my life. I cannot wait. We're counting down, people. Seven days, Bears fans. Seven days. Hmm. I can taste it. <laughs> See what it tastes like. <laughs> a taste of the glory. Yeah, that's right. Like. Super Bowl glory, baby. That's all we want this year. Yes. And since we're talking about taste, uh, let's not forget, Stay House fans, we got the Grub Report coming up to close out the show very soon. But before we do that, it is the other regular segment that we're running, the Stay Out's List, and we're going to step away from football and get back, get back to 
the old love we have of basketball. And we're going to talk about the best in-game dunkers that we've ever seen. The best in-game dunkers we've ever seen. We've actually ranked this one. And we'll go from 10 to 1. We won't get too elaborate on this. You have, we invite you to go to YouTube and look up their body of work as they their work includes bodying people. So in order to be uh, one of the best was in well game. Done. <laughs> that was well done. That was nice to I must say. You, you like that? <laughs> that, that? That was cool. I, I have to I had to I had to let you know that was pretty smooth. All right, continue. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> So you don't show up on this list, okay? There's a lot of great in-game dunkers who've done some great things on fast breaks. That's great. This isn't contest dunkers. That's another list we have coming up later down the road. But you don't show up on this list if you don't have at least two bodies. There you go. Two bodies. Two. So that's the we have a local. We have a local talent who has two bodies. I think he, he's barely got it. So we included him on his list because of his sheer athleticism and the local flavor, local love. We got Zach Levine. He's an honorable mention. Another honorable mention, people are going to hate this, but he's an honorable mention in our book, LeBron James. He has some bodies on his resume, but not as many as this top 10 we're going into. And we got into, we had a little bit of a struggle separating our number one honorable mention with our number 10 guy. So our number one honorable mention is Scottie Pippen. And if you're a Chicago fan, if you're an NBA fan, you've seen the bodies that Scottie's caught. He's uh, murdered Travis Best. You never heard from him again. And Patrick Ewing. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls regularly dunked on during the 90s. Yeah. Scotty possibly has a top three all-time in-game dunk. The sheer disrespect of the dunk on Ewing and the magnitude <laughs> of the game. Yes. Sheer disrespect. Because he, he, he did the dunk and the straddle. You don't get that often. Oh, that was beautiful. It was. I had to pause for a minute just to, just to absorb the glory. Oh, but unfortunately... It just missed our top 10. So, number 10, T-Mac, Tracy McGrady. Oh, yeah. What it yeah. Of course, man. Yeah, you know, he dunked all on Sean Bradley, which is like the, the poster child for, I want to get dunked on, let me just stand in the lane and have somebody jump over my tall body and dunk on it. But Tracy McGrady posterized Sean Bradley one time when he was on Houston, it was completely nasty. Apparently, Sean Bradley does not know how to use his seven foot nine frame, however tall he was, because he doesn't put his hands up. Um, and then I think Tracy McGrady also dunked on Yao Ming, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, like you said, those are two bodies. I remember those very, very clearly. They were nasty. So T Mac is definitely on the list for me. One thing you forgot, do you remember the rodeo dunk on Cornell David? Or was that Nocioni? Which one was that? Oh, that had to be Nocioni. Andres Nocioni. I think it was Cornell David. I think it's because Trace McGrady had like 60 points in three quarters 
And Bulls fans were just in a frenzy, like, this dude's killing us. And then he just capped it off with a rodeo dunk. He dunks on a guy. The guy tries to get out of it and turns around and ends up being, you know, rodeo ridden. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, that was that was that was disrespectful. Crap back. <laughs> okay. So that's Tracy McGrady. Number nine. See, this is a tough list. Because when you hear number nine, you're going to get a gist of how tough this list is. The Stayhouse list, best in-game dunkers. Kobe Bryant, number nine. That's in-game. Oh, baby. Now, I know for a fact. baby. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Dwight Howard. Yep. uh, That's fine. A a Denver Nuggets Vincent Yarbrough with a fast break reverse dunk. Remember that one? Yep. What about older Kobe who dunked on Steve Nash and hung on the rim with one hand? Well, what about really old Kobe? The last year was the last year he played. He caught somebody I can't remember. But he was like really old, and he still was catching bodies. Yeah. That's what Kobe was coming with, man. That's what Kobe was coming with. So number nine, Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's got some some material bodies that he's caught. He's got some bodies on that resume. Number eight, Derrick Rose. Now, you know, I'm biased. I I think that Derrick Rose should be number one, but... uh, he definitely bodied a, a good number of people, actually, low-key. Uh, definitely gave it to Greg Oden, dunked on top of his head. Even made a thud sound when he dunked. I remember that one. Uh, he definitely dunked on Dragic. Of course, we all know that one. And he dunked on Joel Anthony in the in the in versus the Heat in the playoffs. And I feel like it was one other one. He dunked, Oh, he dunked on Zach Randolph, I think, in his second year. Uh, he dunked on somebody else, but yeah, those four he body. I know he has at least four bodies. And then, I mean, you consider like, remember the alley oop against Detroit, where the guy just like seems like he came out of the Raptors. Right. Is Derrick Rose, Rose the best little man in game dunker? Ever. That's that's tough because that's tough. That's something to think about because I'm gonna be honest with you, and you, most people may not agree with me, but Nate Robinson caught some bodies too. He did, but Derek, prime Derek Rose in just that short window. Because you got to remember his his good health was what three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. In three and a half years, he's he's got a, a nice body to year ratio. Oh yeah, don't forget Leandro Barbosa. I think that was his first ever one. When he went up, it was like a statue dunk. Went up with one hand, and Leandro was tra- was going backwards, tried to put his hand up to stop it, and couldn't. Uh, I was against the Suns. Yeah, yeah, good body of work. And it didn't hurt to have a hype man like Stacey King behind it. 
I just can't forget <laughs> Drugage. What are you doing? <laughs> he is from Chicago. He has a 40 inch vertical. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch, man. It was fun. I just I hate that it's gone. Oh man. Oh. Nah, you just made me hurts. sad again. It still hurts. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. We've been robbed. We've had so much glory. You talk about one goat and then another possible uh superstar Hall of Fame player. Yeah. Those are the three really good years though. Really was amazed by what if only only if we could have saw his his peak, his potential. But hey, I'll still take Derrick Rose playing on the Pistons. It was like a shooting star, man. Number seven, the OG, Dr. J, Julius Irving. Yes, sir. Nothing nothing has to be said. Doc, Doc has Hall of Fame bodies on his resume. You know, Doc is out here like, ask Bill Walton about me. (laughs) You know my work. Yeah, Yeah, Doc. (laughs) The J is the is the that man is the professor. I remember the winding dunk, the windmill dump coming down the uh, coming down the sh- the court that everybody everybody knows is always shown. Oh yeah, and I forgot who was that trying to duck out away. It was either Cooper or Rambus. It was like, I don't try to duck out now. You shouldn't even took off. You shouldn't have left your feet. And yep, and you can't jump with him. Yeah, and Doc was a sight to see, man. And that was. That was close to later in Doc's career when that one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Number six, and it's it's kind of unfair, but I mean, you still have to consider the things he did as far as the in-game dunker, and that's Shaquille O'Neal. We're talking about breaking rims. We're talking about (laughs) ruining basket stanchions. We're talking about the Chris Dudley. <laughs> that that has to be the no- okay in my mind in my mind is I'm not saying this is this is fact but that to me is the most disrespectful body dunk he 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 swooped his body he thrust his body into Chris Dudley just as an exclamation point to the dunk like you already being re- Ridden to the basket, turned around, dunked on you, and then thrust himself <laughs> into Chris Dunley and then pushed him off like, be done with me. <laughs> like, what What? What are you doing, man? You're just going to disrespect a man's life like that? No wonder he threw the ball at you. Yeah, if I was Chris Dudley, I'd have been that man, too. <laughs> it doesn't take away from the disrespect and my, and my sheer enjoyment of it. And this was at a time where I wasn't the biggest Shaq fan. But that, I mean, that was just hilarious. Yeah. And then he does, like, the kung fu pose with it. <laughs> Shaq Fu. That man was a nut. He was he was funny and he, he dominated. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, the the last just physically imposing character in basketball. I mean, LeBron's physically imposing, but Shaquille's just... Oof. Dwight tried to imitate that, and I would say for a couple of years in Orlando, you would think that he would have been on that 
trajectory, but f- quickly fell off. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Dwight messed up. Dwight was more athletic, and Dwight just got caught in the middle of the transition period of the NBA to where things were transitioning yeah. to a more perimeter game. You know, they had they tried the surround your big man with shooters. Dwight never really got a post game, never got a true face up game. He was more just like just supercharged Captain America Tyson Chandler. And Wow. That's actually a good comparison. I like that. Yeah, I mean he's he's yoked up Tyson Chandler. I mean he could do things yeah. that Tyson could do because I mean if you ever seen Tyson Chandler's legs uh, as you can see, a squat, the next one will be the first. But Dwight... <laughs> Dwight Howard was... Uh, he was an imposing imposing character. But it's just, he just never refined his game enough to be what he should have and could have been. And also why he's not on this list. Number five... The Rain Man, the author of oh, the yeah. Lister Lister, Sean Kemp. Oh, oh yes. You and talk five about people are very close in style and substance. But number five, The Rain Man, Ooh. Sean Kemp. Ooh. Now I could, I, man. That dude was a beast. I, I, before my time, but that's why you look up highlights. You'll see exactly why we say he's uh, he's on this list. Oh my god, dude! He had, but the Alden Lister dunk gets the most fanfare. But he had some dunks. Man. He had one dunk against the Lakers, where he takes it, he grabs the rebound, and pretty much goes end to end, does a Hezo move at half court, loses his guy, and just goes and just booms somebody. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it was here into the hearts of people. It was so it was so easy too, and I remember. And this is just for me because when I was growing up, that was around the time I really got into basketball. Was my mom would put me on to watching the Bulls all the time with Jordan, and of course, you remember when they played the SuperSonics in the uh, in the finals, and and that was the first time for me. You know, I didn't grow up to Dominique Wilkins and other people who just did emphatic dunks and and like i told you i didn't know about younger sean kemp and what he did already but that was the first time i saw sean kemp in those days for for a player who just dunked the ball just with so much just emphasis it was like why do you have to be so rough on the rim and but it was awesome he was just like just slamming it harder than he needed to for no reason i was like man this is cool but yeah, Sean Kim has a laundry list of, of bodies. And when people going back to that series, Jordan, what kills me, and this, this is off topic a little bit, but when people talk about the level of competition back then and, and the teammates Jordan had, do people realize that in that finals with the Sonics, Sean Kemp was murdering Dennis Rodman? Yeah. He was killing him. Like, Dennis was getting boards, but it, Dennis couldn't do nothing with that dude. Like, he had an easier time with Carl than he did with Kemp because Kemp was just like, 
I'm gonna go over you. Not through you. You're waiting for me to go through you. I'm gonna go over you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he man. did his thing. He did his thing. Sean Kemp was the first stage and what evolved into our number four dunker, Blake Griffin. Of course. Blake Griffin is like the souped up Sean Kemp. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You know, he's a little more skilled, can handle a little better. Uh, a better passer. Sean Kemp could pass. Um, George Carl was using him as a point forward. But Blake Griffin's a little more skilled, a little more outside shooting range. But early Blake Griffin, you. Two, three times a week, Blake Griffin was putting somebody on Sports Center. Yeah, I, I'm. I, all I can think of is the dunk when he was he he was on a fast break and he spent around the body of I think Danilo Gallinari, and then just just bounced off of a springboard and dunked on his head. Uh, yeah. Blake Blake is ridiculous. I mean, Paul Gasol got bodied by him. Paul Gasol, Twice. I think in that I the same game, right? In a quarter, like Powell got legit mad at his teammates because nobody was saying anything to him. Like because Blake was just rolling up on him, just obliterating him. He had the I'm one sorry. dunk where he threw it in, and then he had the tip dunk. Yeah, pa- Paul Gasol is probably one of the funniest people uh, that that gets dunked on because of his facial expressions when, when he gets dunked on, and his hair just flails. You know, he just he's so flaily. Like that's just my word of the day, flaily. He's he, he even though on the Bulls, I like Paul Gasol because he's a supreme post player, but he was just so flaily and flimsy and noodly. I don't know how to explain it. It was. Just, just throw his body all around like he couldn't stand up straight. You know, a little, little bit of contact, he'd go flying. Like, come on, man. He was gangly. Gang. <laughs> God. All gangly. But Blake got uh, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins, Gallinari. It was one more. Yep. Size pal. Let's see, Kendrick Perkins, Gallinari, Pal Gasol, and. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, make it, I make it YouTube. Oh, oh, well, since, oh, speaking of, speaking of. I was going to, we're probably on the same thing. We're probably on the same thing. So, go ahead. I will say honorable mention, shout out, DeAndre Jordan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How can we forget? <laughs> okay. He only killed somebody. Stay out of <laughs> Please tell me, after that, have you ever heard anything from Brandon Knight? <laughs> He's dead. He is deceased. <laughs> he literally looked like he died when he hit the ground. The, the impact was bad enough. But why did you jump with a, a, a center that jumps out the gym? Oh, oh my goodness. And the, the facial expressions, everything about that video, everything about that sequence was nasty. Karam Butler's face, Chris Paul's face, and then DeAndre was like, like he couldn't even, he, he, he didn't even realize what he did. It was so nasty. It was ridiculous. 
I also want to apologize that we didn't include somebody in here. Maybe they don't quite deserve it. Maybe they do. But we talked about the the proverbial evolution between Sean Kemp and Blake Griffin, right? I don't know where, where you're so going. You know, there's a guy in between that, right? Uh, are you thinking of Amari Stoudemire? Yes. God, we are on the same page tonight. We are clicking. The seance juices are flowing. It's a legendary. It's legendary tonight, man. It's, it's legendary. It's like Wonder Twins activating. It's like the mega powers. Right, right, like, right. Like uh, uh, Hogan and Macho Man. It's the mega powers joining up. Tell you, man. So we got Blake Griffin out of the way. Now, see, what we're done with that. Now we're getting into the top tier, the upper echelon. We're getting into highlight reel status where the previous guys, you'll be on YouTube for a while. These final three singular highlight reels will keep you on YouTube at least a half hour piece on each one of these three. Absolutely. Absolutely. You may not agree with the order, Stayos fans, but doesn't matter. It's our list. Number three, Vince Carter. <laughs> yeah, that and that and a lot of people are like what? What? Why is half man, half amazing? Not number one. Well, that's in game dunking. In game exactly. Dunking. You can't count the the greatest, arguably the greatest dunk contest ever. You can't count that. In game dunking. Now I will say this though. The one that comes to mind, if we're talking in-game, if we're going to, you know, kind of expand that, it is in-game, but more so on the Olympic side, his greatest dunk was when he jumped over the seven-footer and pounded it (laughs) into the rim. Friedrich Weiss. Oh, wow. You even know the name. I just knew it was some dude. They got dunked on. That, I didn't need to know his name, but that is amazing. Great job. That's, that's Actually, great. he was drafted by the Knicks. He was drafted by the Knicks, and that dunk was so real that even the Knicks were like, ah, no, no. Say that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, 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 that was nasty. That was the nastiest thing I've ever seen. He cleared a man. He cleared a man. And and the celebration afterward, he shook his leg out in the end. Kevin Garnett was hyped. The ultimate hype man. <laughs> you know, punching the... You know, that, that was epic. Uh, another one I liked, older Vince Carter, when uh, there was a, a ball coming towards him, he wrapped it around his back and then dunked on an older Alonzo Mourning. And Disrespected oh, yeah. him. The rapping and he hit morning. Ooh. Yeah, with the one hand hung in the air, just slammed it. Yeah, New Jersey Nets. Yep. Or the alley oop he caught where it seemed like he stopped in the air. And went reverse and dunked it. Yeah, there's so many. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Vince Vince was that realness. Also, shout out honorable mention to Giannis. He'll be on this list very soon. He also cleared a guy, a substantial guy. So, so 
it's not the LeBron clear the guy where he jumped over five, six John Lucas. I'm talking about <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr., who's six seven. That's who Giannis cleared. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's 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 ugly. But Vince Vince has some uh, some highlight reel stuff. You can go YouTube him, Google him, Google that man, and see what's up. So now for our top two. Really, you can put this three in any order and you'd be fine. But you get an argument from me, but you'd be fine. The top two. Now, these are the two that you can kind of juxtapose in any order. But <laughs> you know where we live. So number two, Dominique Wilkins. Absolutely. The punishment that Dominique Wilkins inflicted on human beings in the 80s and early 90s is of is is the the stuff of legend the i want to say it was the Boston Celtics where he no no it was the Milwaukee Bucks i think it was Bob Lanier i had never seen somebody reverse dunk on somebody until Dominique Wilkins did it. Wow, really? I'm telling you, YouTube it. He goes up. I'm going to have to look that up. He gets, he gets a little body bump. He turns sideways and goes reverse and dunks it on Bob Lanier. And Bob Lanier's seven feet, you know what I'm saying, seven feet, 260, biggest feet ever before Shaq. So this wasn't no a little guy. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. He has, Neek has one tip dunk where he's got to be a foot above everybody. And he just swoops down the middle and just dunks some poor power forward. Like this guy was, he struck fear into people's hearts. Like people, when the rebound went up, people looked around to try to find Dominique Wilkins. And by the time you turned around, you were getting dunked on. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely gonna look all that up because uh, that was before me, and I just haven't been high on Dominique Wilkins as, as much as I probably should have or should be. But I'm 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 gonna check that out. Yeah, man. You said your mom put you on the basketball. You gonna see Dominique Wilkins, and you might go and Arsenio Hall stop your mom. <laughs> like, why you ain't tell me this dunk was this good? What's wrong with you? This some good dunking. So number one, I'll let you say it. The goat, his airness, MJ Michael Jordan. So check this out. This goes back to the LeBron Michael Jordan competition of battle, right? And people want to mm-hmm. compare highlight plays. And I was, I was conversing in a Twitter chat not too long ago. And what people don't understand is this. People gush over the LeBron James' greatest plays. And he's a fantastic basketball player, great athlete. He's made some great plays throughout his life. People don't understand that every time you turned on a Bulls game, Jordan gave you two plays a night that you were like, oh my God, I didn't know human beings could do this. Every night, 
every game Jordan did something. This wasn't like a once a week thing. This wasn't like a plays of the month thing. This was every game. Nightly. You would look up and you would be like, oh my goodness, what did he just do? Yep. Like the the highlight reel is shot full. I mean, Mike called bodies. He has one dunk. Like he's got dunks. I'm still just now seeing. He had one dunk where he like Statue of Liberty somebody and hung in the air for it seems like five seconds and got him. And then they uncovered the infamous uh, Nike game dunk. Have you ever seen that one? No. So you've never seen the dunk where Michael Jordan took off basically from the dotted line and shattered the glass? He was in, like, France. What? Michael Jordan broke a backboard. No, I don't. You put me on what? <laughs> oh, my friend, YouTube, Michael Jordan. Okay. Shattered I'm, 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 I'm definitely going to look this up. I'm pretty sure some people who are listening now know what you're talking about, but I had no idea this man broke a backboard. Michael Jordan shattered a backboard. I think it was a Nike Pro-Am or some 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 promotional deal, like, you know, because Michael really started the whole international promotional gym shoot thing. And he went over right. and played some guys in, in Europe or, or somewhere overseas and went up for a dunk, jumped from the side of the dotted line and shattered that boy. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It's the goat, and that's not the yeah. That's just not, the, not to even include the bodies left in his wake. When Michael Jordan spins and dunks on John Stockton, somebody yells, that's easy to do on a little guy. Pick on someone your own size. Then he goes and dunks on their starting center and asks, was he big enough? Yeah. Yep. Don't, don't, don't test Michael. Do not test Michael. He takes it to heart. Well, think about the dunk. The dunk, obviously, Patrick, Ewing, but the, the lead up to that dunk is my favorite because he, he he runs into traffic. You think that you got him, and then he stutters, then spins around the two guys, and then comes up over Patrick Ewing's head and slams it on him. Where he does the Smitty before Smitty? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That dude was unreal, man. That dude was unreal. He's gotten Ewing at least three times. Yeah. He got Matumbo. He caught David Robinson. Yeah. Um, Shaq was in a in the picture because Shaq brags that only one guy's body one guy's body to body dunked him, and that's Derek Coleman. And he says Mike was the only other guy like that he could have blocked that he didn't stop. That he just dunked. Um I mean, you got uh, just, you got Dikembe Mutombo, and he he shook the finger at him after he dunked. No, 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 no. Yeah, if you were if you were a big man in the eighties and nineties, you were gonna get boomed by Mike. It was it was just 
it was a rite of passage, if you will. Um, so that's our list. Another shout out to the Clyde Drexler. You remember? Oh, you weren't old enough. Clyde Drexler in the '92 Finals, a dunk I remember. He caught Bill Cartwright on some nasty. You gotta look back at that too. <laughs> I had the tape. Now that is one that my mom put me on to the tape, the the the, the Bulls championship tape. So you got to look back at that. But yeah, I know Clyde, Clyde the Glide caught somebody. I had to. So again, our top ten: Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, Derrick Rose, Julius the Doctor Irving, Shaquille O'Neal, Sean Kemp, Blake Griffin, Vince Carter, Dominique Wilkins. Michael Jordan, best in-game dunkers we've ever seen as the duo of the Stay House Podcast. Stay House Podcast, activate. We're on the same page on dunking. Yes, sir. You ever dunk, Jordan? Um, I can't say that I have. Not in the actual real game. I'm not going to, you know, cop out and say something like on a Fisher Price run, but in a real game, no, I've never gotten up high enough to actually actually dunk uh something that i really wish i could have done not saying that i can't ever but yeah i don't think that's happening i did not dunk in a real game either but i did dunk an open gym in high school my only dunk ever i was a sophomore in high school uh we were just playing around went up and dunked the ball I was like geeked up. Went on winter break. Couldn't wait to get back to school. I mean, just to not for school, but I knew I could dunk now. Broke my ankle two days before I was trying to go back to school. No, the night before I was trying to go back to school. Never to dunk again. Well, at least you at least you did it. Got one in. Tragic story though. All right, brother. I'm 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 getting a little Getting a little hungry. Do you got anything that'll soothe my soul? Do you have anything that'll soothe the soul? The Grubby Port initiates now. <laughs> um, I I am emptied out this this week. Uh, I have nothing new for the Stayos fans. I was hoping you could you could help us all with your your choices today, sir. All right. For this week's Grub Report, I'm going to introduce you to Mexican. I know Jordan loves that. I was about to say, you ain't got to introduce me to no Mexican. I know them fully well, but what is the spot? If you go into the city of Chicago on 56th and Kedzie, there is a taco and tortilla place called Atotonilco. 5656 South Ketty. Taqueras y tortilleras at the This place has tacos of all types. It's almost like a, um, you know how you go to a store that serves like Vienna hot dogs and pizza puffs, like a hole in the wall street grease yeah. joint in the hood. That's like they're a Mexican version of it. But they do have some seating. Great tacos. They'll put almost anything on it that you want. Um, of course, when they offer to you, they offer you know, original bare bones Mexican style, but they'll add some stuff. So I got mine with some lettuce and some tomato and some cilantro and some sour cream. Had uh, 
steak and chicken, both of which were good. Uh, the barbacoa I had as well. Obviously, the barbecue pork, very good. They have other types of meat as well. I don't know if they have pork ear, Jordan, so you may not like it. <laughs> no carnitas? Okay. No, no, no. no. Carnitas, pork ear. It's a difference. So... Good spot. Good for the money. Parking is a bit of a challenge because it is kind of a neighborhood spot. But people are in and out of that out of that joint, man. So if you want to go and eat eat in at the spot, you just gotta wait about three or four minutes and somebody will pull out of the lot and you can go in and, and, and have some. And it's you know, you can always do takeout. The food travels. One thing about Mexican food, it travels well. It travels well, so just don't eat it. In, just don't go to Taco Bell and eat it in your car. It's you're just waiting for an accident to happen. You're waiting for uh, tomato squares and hot meat to fall into your lap. Pause. <laughs> so, so I got a question for you now. You- now that you're talking about it, this Mexican restaurant, you said 56 in Kedzie. Would it happen to be across the street from a laundromat and a parking lot that actually tells you you can park here for the restaurant? Not sure. I parked right behind okay, the restaurant. It, it was, it's a block away from the Walgreens there on 55th. Okay, I might be talking about a different one. Because that, that when you said Atotonico... That that rang a bell because I, I I'm in those areas many times, so yeah I'll, I'll look out for that. I'll, I'll shoot you the directions because I know how much you just love 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 you some Mexican food. You already know. And did you did you try an horchata? I did not. When I came in, my friends were eating or drinking rather horchata. But I did not try one. I have water. Oh, blasphemy. How do you get water at a taco place? Come on, man. I have water. I think I ended up getting a, 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 a soft drink, a soda, a pop. Um, but it was mostly water. I was going to do the horchata, but it just, it just, it felt late. I felt late to the party, you know? <laughs> late to the party. Okay, I got you. All right. We'll give them a pass, everybody. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. Eventually, I'll do it. I've had Rechata before. It was a long, long time ago. I'm going to jump back in. All right. All right. I'll hold you to it. Atotonico. Atotonico. I'll shoot it to you. Uh, Stay House fans, we want to thank you all for joining us for another episode. Yes, sir. Reach out to us. Holler at us at Stay (laughs) House Podcast on Twitter. On Instagram, I've been Chris, and here with Jordan. We're gonna holler at you. All right.